Blog Frank Radio. I'm here. Okay, we're here. Hi, Frank. Uh, and and hi, everybody that's listening now or later. I'm so happy to be here. And Frank, a great guru, fitness guru, life guru. I think you have all the lessons that you're teaching us with fitness you can apply to your daily life. So um, I know you've got a great show planned for us today. Uh, hit the refresh button and start 2021 with a bang, right? So um, everybody yes, wants ma'am. to lose weight. That's the biggest goal ever. So how do we hit the refresh button? How do we make it work? How do we create the best uh, fitness goals ever? So please share with us, Frank, and I'm glad you're here, by the way. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Uh, Well, for me, it's all about first, uh, you know, self-reflection from last year, you know, kind of realize uh, what you've done, you know, celebrate your achievements. Um, And then, you know, just kind of look at where where you want to go, you know, so – to start the new year with a bang, you have to, you know, kind of know what you did last year, what you want to do better. Um, and let's set goals for a successful 2021 and start the new year with a bang. So, you know, first step, you know, don't wait until tomorrow. Don't wait until the next day. Don't wait until, you know, next week, next month, so on and so forth, because then that procrastination will start carrying over. And before you know it, we're back in the same boat last as last year. So, you know, you got to start off right out of the gun in a sense, and you got to, you know, set the plan in action. So first thing would be set your goals and let's get the plan in action. So whether it's, uh, you know, going to the gym, working out at home, going to the park, um, going just to the, a friend's house and doing stuff, uh, playing with the kids, you know, doing a workout with them in a sense, setting stuff up, uh, you know, keep it simple, keep it small, keep it easy, you know, try not to make it too difficult because we don't want any uh, injuries or, or roadblocks in the sense. So, you know, we got to get, get the ball rolling. So it might be just, uh, you know, going for a long walk, you know, or uh, a small jog, you know, and uh, and start setting those goals, writing it down, journaling it, uh, realizing that, you know, you're going to be starting from scratch if you've been off for a while, and that's okay. You know, it, it's starting a new year. You know, everybody's got to start from somewhere. So let's, you know, get get a little bit of possibly resistance training in. You know, let's get some push-ups, some pull-ups, some squats, some lunges, or in a gym, and let's hit up some weight training, maybe starting with the machine, some isolation exercises. But the first thing is we got to set those goals, and if you do that, we'll see the positive reactions going forth and getting this uh, train rolling down the tracks. I like that. So the question for you: Most people fail at their at they. I'm gonna say it like this: Most people drop the goals. They they uh, put it behind everything else after the first month. I, I read that actually when you I knew you were going to do your show today, and I wanted to say okay. Uh, how long do people stick with the goal? So do you have any thoughts about that? How do you stay connected? How do you stay connected to the goal? Um, what do you do? Yeah, I know absolutely. You, you're self-motivated yourself. I know that. But how do you do that? So that's a big one, I think. For, for most of us, I think it comes down to a few things. One, you got to have a support system. So whether it's the community, whether it's your family, uh, whether it's, it's friends that you know, you know that are, are doing the same thing, you got to have a support system, hold each other accountable, 
um, you know, be the inspiration to your kids or your family, uh, you know, be the inspiration to your, your friends in a sense, or whatever it might be, you know, be, be the one, don't be the follower, be the leader, you know, set the example and, and show them, you know, that you can do something and motivate others and so on and so forth. So for one, it's, you know, the support system. The other thing is the one of the things we talked about in a previous podcast was uh, realistic goals. You know, if you set those goals too far out and they're not realistic because you're starting from scratch and you want to, you know, all of a sudden run a marathon in a sense and, you know, you can't even run a mile right now, well, that's not realistic. You know, set the goal of running a mile, you know, and you accomplish that task, you check it off, and then, you know, your next goal is to run two miles, you know, and you don't even have to set a time. Like that that could be further down the, the road. Let's just set the goal of small, you know, attainable goals that, uh, are realistic and once you achieve those that success it, it creates a momentum it creates you know the inspiration you need to to keep going and doing stuff because you know the number one reason to me that people fail is is unrealistic expectations and you know the second behind that is probably the support system you know but uh, realistic expectations to me is the number one thing because if you set those goals and you're just seeing failure at the failure at the failure because they were unrealistic, you know, it's just human nature. You're going to shut down. You're going to say, well, you know what? I'm just not, I can't do it anymore. I'm too old or I'm too out of shape or, you know, whatever the excuse is, you know, and if you do that to yourself, it's hard to overcome. It's just, you know, putting yourself down left and right. And that shouldn't be what you're doing. You should be looking for things, you know, exercise should be, lifting you up it should be giving you the energy it should be raising your spirits it should be making you just feel good overall you know by accomplishing those tasks it shouldn't be demoralizing it shouldn't be embarrassing it shouldn't be you know feeling like a failure because you can't do this you can't do that well that's just because your plan wasn't good you know you you didn't set a realistic plan so you know it goes all the way back to you know set small realistic goals that are attainable and you will be happy, you will be successful. And then you got to journal it so you can go back and you can celebrate those successes. So that way the next time you go out there, not only do you know what you did and you attained it, um, you can, you know, set a goal that's a little bit further along. So that way you can see better results and you can, because eventually, you know, you're going to hit those plateaus. It's going to become easy if you're doing the same thing over and over again, you got to start moving the, the line out a little bit further, a little bit further to make it um, something to chase, to have a goal, because if you're also, you know, if you've been doing something for a month and it's the same routine, same routine, you might have liked it in the beginning, you're going to get bored. You know, that's that's also, you know, for the most part, human nature. You can't keep doing the same thing, same thing, same thing, and expecting different results. It's just not going to happen. Your body needs to change it up because it needs a new challenge. When it becomes too easy, your body actually, believe it or not, not only gets stagnant, but it regresses. You know, it starts figuring out that I don't need, you know, this muscle, that muscle, or, or so on and so forth to do this exercise. I only need these few muscles over here. So all the other muscles, you know, forget them. Like, uh, you know, your body actually will uh, increase its body fat and you'll start losing lean muscle because your body doesn't need that muscle to do those same exercises over and over again. But when you're changing it up, whether it's increasing the resistance, increasing the repetitions, increasing the difficulty of exercise, changing up the modality of exercise, 
or just, you know, making it more challenging by the tempo or something like that. Um, it, it changes your, your workout and it challenges your brain. It challenges your uh, neuromuscular system where it has to adapt and that's what you want. Like, but again, if it's unrealistic and unattainable, nobody likes failure that's that's human nature i mean we're gonna fail but you're setting yourself up for failure which isn't what you want to do you don't want to do that in business you don't want to do that in life you don't want to do that in your workouts so you have to be smart about it and set the goals no matter how small they are whether i like i said it could be you know something around the house you you could start with just house cleaning you know it could be doing outdoor work and so on and so forth but you you got to set small attainable goals and that way you can get that ball rolling in the right direction. I have a question for you. <clears throat> You're talking about journaling. So when you journal, when you get one of your clients to journal or your clients to journal in general, so it's like I did this today on Monday. Uh, today is what? Uh, Wednesday the 13th, I, 2021. This is what I my goal is. And because something that I have a friend of mine does, she gives herself an A, B, C, or D, her and her husband. Did, did we plunk or an F, right? You know, so they quote each other on their performance and they, they make it fun. So is that kind of like what you mean when you say journaling or do you keep a di- food diary as well? Uh, Cause I think that's important, you know, so. Yeah. I, I think it depends on the person. I mean, some people, you know, they are more sensitive to criticism, whether it's self-criticism or not. So the grade system, I think only works for people that are more self-motivated uh, right. Because they're they're critical of themselves, they're perfectionists. They want to you know keep doing it and getting better and better and better. They don't mind the failure in a sense. They're kind of uh, abnormal per se. Uh, but the normal person, you know, they they don't like the failure. They don't like the you know typically they don't love exercise like every you know fitness enthusiast does. They they're doing it for an ends to a means in a sense or. Um, they're trying to figure out, you know, why some people like it, so they're trying it, but it's it's not their forte. So they, they for me, journaling for my clients is more just keeping records, so that way you can just go back and you can see what you did. Um, okay. Because you, you know, for the most part, you'll see your results and your actual uh, appearance. You know, your your clothes, your scale. Um, if you have somebody measuring your your body fat, so on and so forth. So you'll see the results there. Uh, and also on your strength and your numbers and all that stuff that you're saying that you're journaling that you're writing down. Um, the grade system, like I said, I think it only works for people that are fitness enthusiasts and they don't mind failing because it gives them a reason to, you know, change it up and do something else or whatever. It's just uh, accountability to them. Sure. That's amazing. But, yeah. You know, I, same thing with nutrition too. Yeah. Explain to, to what you mean with that. Go into detail, please, because people are, are a little bit, how do I eat? What do I eat? You know, because everyone's different, right? So. Um, yeah, absolutely. So for me, like a, a food diary and, you know, in the sense that or, or you're journaling stuff down, um, if you just keep record of what you're doing, I mean, if you can get real specific and actually get the measurement of what you're doing, it's even better. But if you can at least get real with, what you're eating, just accountability of what you're eating, every single thing that goes in your mouth in a day, including what you drink, you'll start seeing, and, and I also like try to try to write down the time next to it, you know, so you have a timestamp, so you can start getting real specific of when and what and so on and so forth, 
um, from the t- and also how much time you sleep. I put that in a food journal as well. So what time you went to bed and what time you woke up. Um, you could put whether or not you had a good night's sleep as well if you want to be a little bit critical of that because that also affects your day. Uh, but, for example, let's say you wake up at, you know, 5 a.m. and you work out first or you eat first, you know, so you, you wrote 5 a.m., you wrote the time that you either ate or worked out, you wrote what you did. So if it's, a you know, you put your exercise journal somewhere else, you would write down what you did. But in that journal, you would just write exercise um, at that time, and then you would write what you did next. So you're eating. So let's say it's 7 a.m. and you're eating. So you ate, you know, eggs and, uh, you know, you had a half a whole wheat bagel and some fruit or something like that, for example. Um, you would put, you ate three eggs, you ate, you know, a half a bagel, and typically uh, if, you're, if it's store-bought, you'll know how many calories are in it because it'll say it on the bag. Uh, if it's restaurant bot, then, you know, you can, there's lots of apps that you can use to, uh, kind of figure out roughly what, what the calories are to give you a rough idea. Um, and then the fruit and, you know, and just you eat like a quarter cup or a half cup of, uh, the fruit that you chopped up or, or, you know, whole or whatever it is and you put it there. And then what I try to do, if you want to be real specific with it also, is that after you're done eating, Let's say by t- when you're going to eat your next meal, so let's say that 7 o'clock you ate that breakfast, and let's say 10 o'clock you're eating a, a snack or another meal or, or 9.30 or something like that. Well, at that 9.30, whatever you're eating, let's say it's a, you know, a handful of almonds or uh, you know a, a, some peanut butter spread on another piece of uh, a toast or something like that or whatever is your snack or a protein bar or so on and so forth. Go back to the one that you ate prior and just write a little note that, uh, like, you could have happy face, smiley face, um, well, that's the same thing, but sad face or happy face or kind of just uh, in the middle. So happy face is you liked it and it gave you energy. Sad face is, you know, you can make it whatever, like, you liked it, but it didn't give you energy and, you know, the the other face that you have whatever it could be like shocking face could be um you know you didn't like it but it gave you energy you know in the sense that you know the ultimate goal is to find things that you like and give you energy and then once you start figuring that stuff out you know in a a big picture sense or whatever we start figuring out what foods work best with you and give you energy that you like then we can start getting down more to the actual macro micronutrients of uh, how to put them together and how portion size and the timing of when you should eat in a sense, because if you're eating, you know, too soon closer to your workout, you're, it's still digesting. You're not going to have a lot of energy. Um, you know, if you're not eating breakfast and you're skipping breakfast, that could be a, a you know, a big no, no, uh, where it's affecting your energy throughout the day and it's slowing your metabolism. Um, could be, you know, you eat at six o'clock, but you don't go bed to bed until midnight. So you have a six hour gap right there that you're not eating anything. And then, you know, you're slowing your metabolism down dramatically by doing that. So, you know, there's all kinds of like rules of thumb that I kind of like to use in a sense where, uh, you really shouldn't be going probably longer than four hours without eating, uh, whether it's a snack or a meal. Um, but it's all about keeping a small portion size 
realistically somewhere anywhere around like 300 calories for the average person um, for your meals and snacks. And if you do that, like you'll see uh, your you'll see big results. You know, it could be under 300 calories for a snack, obviously, but you know, it depends on how active you are, how much we need to bump that up in general. But you have to eat to get energy because when you're not eating, your metabolism slows down. So it starts getting into that realm. But that's where if you're eating on a timing schedule, like I said, like every three to four hours roughly, um, you're going to see the results of your metabolism is up, you're hungry, you're eating the right portion. So now you're never eating to where you're full, which is a a big no-no if you're eating to where you're full all the time because then you're just stretching your stomach out. So if you're not eating to where you're full and your timing's good and your foods work well with you, because I'm a big believer in the food science of uh, everybody's a little bit different, you know, in the sense that some foods that work for me that give me energy don't work for you and vice versa. Uh, right. And same thing with taste, obviously. You know, some people like taste of more of the salt side. Some people like more of the sweet side. Some people don't like either. Uh, so you have to kind of know what you like and find things that work because eating is obviously a necessity. We need it to survive. But it shouldn't be a task in the sense that you're eating something that you don't like because nobody that's not realistic. Nobody's going to sustain that uh, because then it's not really a lifestyle. You know, it's more of a, a diet at that point. And that's why diets fail over and over again because it's not something that you can sustain. You know, or, you know, you you revert back to your old ways and you're back to the bad habits. You just do the diet for a short while because you don't really like sticking to the diet because it's not something that's realistic for you because you don't like eating that way. And the food that you do like is very unhealthy for you and and so on and so forth. So you revert back to that and then you gain all the weight back and you're going back and forth, back and forth. So that's not something that's smart to do. You know, you look at it, why does it keep failing? Well, because you haven't found something that you like that is a lifestyle change that you can do on a daily basis and, and enjoy it, and it's still good for you. So that's that's where it gets down to more of the, the science behind it, in a sense. Find things that you like and it's healthy for you. Don't you got to change the psychology in your mind. Don't think about food as, um, you know, let me go get McDonald's because that tastes great. And, you know, I don't care if it's unhealthy because it tastes great. And I don't like to taste a healthy food, you know. So if you think about it like that, you've already destroyed your psychology because you can find food that's healthy that tastes great in the sense that, right. you know, there's always foods that are healthy for you that taste great. But if your mindset is it's not going to taste good because it's good for me, then you're, you're already setting yourself up for sabotage because you're telling yourself, I need the unhealthy food to feel happy, feel happy. And that's, that shouldn't be the case, that you should be able to find healthy food that you like, whether it's like any of those senses, you're sweet, you're salty. Um, you know, for example, like, uh, you know, if you're, if you've got a sugar fix all the time and you're, you know, sweet, 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 sweets, you know, you can bake a pear in the oven, you know, you can bake an apple and put a little bit of cinnamon on it. Um, you can cut up apples, you know, yeah, you can cut up apples and, uh, you know, and do something with it, you know, whether it's uh, using a little bit of, like, uh, almond shavings, put it on top, a little bit of yogurt, um, and maybe just a little bit of honey drizzled on top. I mean, there's so many things you can do that is still healthy and a much healthier option 
than you know the the unhealthy options that that you like the taste of as well. Um, you just got to be smart with it. You know that there's ways if you're keeping the calories under, and you're keeping the portion size control, um, and if you have things that are like you just can't kick. You know you, you're an ice cream nut in the sense that you you love ice cream no matter what. You don't like frozen yogurt. You don't like uh, low-fat ice cream. You know, ice cream is your, your number one thing. It's, you know, something that you've had since you were, you were a kid. You can't give that up, so on and so forth. So, you know, when you b- get ice cream, then only buy, like, the, you know, it's going to sound crazy, but, like, the, the little tiny miniature ice cream thing or whatever, that's only, like, 150, right. 200 calories. And don't buy, you know, 30 of them because you're going to go back in the freezer and grab another one and another one and another one. Only buy one. And so that way, you know, you only have, like, let's say, one one every few days, you know. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but I got to go to the grocery store, like, every other day with kids and everything else. Order, so it's not really that big of a deal. So buy what you need then because if you have it in the fridge, you have it in the pantry, you have it, you know, in the freezer – you're going to go in there when those cravings hit. And if you only have the correct portion size of the things that you know aren't the best for you, then you're going to, you know, abide by it. You're going to get what you need, but you're still going to hit that goal. And don't put things in there that are going to sabotage you. You know, you got to be smart. Like when, don't go to the grocery store when you're hungry. Everybody's heard that, you know, before too, you know, or don't go to, you know, buy, walk by a pizza restaurant when you're hungry in the sense of you love pizza because you're going to sabotage yourself and you're going to, you know, go order a pizza or whatever. Um, so you got to be smart about it and you got to set yourself up for success. Cause if you're setting yourself up for sabotage, you're going to fail and you can't set yourself up for failure because then you're just repeating the cycle over and over and over and over again. If you're ever going to be successful with it, you have to set yourself up to be successful. You have to be accountable. And like I said, you know, the whole reason why I like the, the Jenny Craig and the Weight Watchers and, you know, those programs are extremely successful is because of their, their also their support system in the sense, you know, their food to me tastes nasty. I'm not a, a fan of it. My mom used to eat it or whatever. And I was like, oh, this is disgusting. But, um, you know, if that is your thing and you like it, you know, it hits the calories in your goal. But nonetheless, like the, the number one thing I think why they're successful is because of their culture with their support system. You know, Weight Watchers, they would have those meetings and people would show up and so on. So if you have other people that support you and, and are doing the same thing, you feel a sense of unity. You feel like you need to uh, not let them down and vice versa, you know, and it, it works just like exercise. You know, if, if you have an accountability partner, you're more likely to be successful. And then if you're setting yourself up for success, you're really likely to be more successful. And if you're combining it with exercise and nutrition, because I always look at it as it's circular in the sense that when you're exercising, you want to eat healthy. When you eat healthy, you want to exercise. Because when you eat healthy, you have more energy, you want to go do something. When you exercise, you don't want to sabotage yourself and go eat something unhealthy, at least I don't from a psychology standpoint. I know some people do. They're like, oh, you know, now my reward should be a, you know, chocolate milkshake and fries and, you know, big greasy burger. Well, now there's no way you burn that amount of calories in the exercise unless you just ran like three marathons back to back, you know, in a sense. So you have to be smart about it. You know, if there's, uh, you know, I have some clients that are like that. 
And what I do is I give them one cheat meal one once a week. So, like, their dinner on Friday night is whatever they want to be, you know, have. Go crazy. Go to, you know, whatever restaurant's your favorite restaurant, pig out, order whatever you want on the menu. Because that's not going to set them back. Because what's going to happen is, first off, they're they're probably going to regret it when they go home because they've been eating healthy all week and so on and so forth. But second off, they're going to be going to the bathroom relatively quick after eating all that and from eating a healthy diet the rest of the week with all the fiber and exercise. Your body is going to reject it, and it is not going to be fun. And you're going to start realizing, you know, the stuff that you liked doesn't make your body feel good. I have a question for you. You've given some great information you, uh, so accountability partner, working out with a partner is better. I agree with that, that you know. Um, the other thing is you're talking about, um, you know, eating healthy foods. So there's a lot of uh, stuff like with Munster and all those kind of uh, things that people get used for energy. And you were talking today about food that will give you energy. Is there a natural uh, something besides Monster that, and you recommended it to me that you can drink that will give you energy, natural energy, uh, besides a cup of coffee. I mean, I'm not knocking that. So, do you do you have a favorite yourself? Because you said there was one at Publix that you used before, I think. Yeah, uh, for a drink stand, standpoint, I was liking the uh, the beet juice. It's cold pressurized beet juice, and it had a, a, some orange juice as well. Uh, both, you know, fresh in the sense that. Uh, there's no sugar added or anything like that. Um, I'm not as much of a juice person, though. I'm more of a, a food person. So, you know, I love, like, a, a granola cereal that's healthy, like a natural granola mm-hmm. cereal. And then adding in, like, a, like some chia seeds, uh, let those uh, those balls I showed you at one time. It's like a chocolate yeah, yeah. chia ball type thing. And then yeah. there's some low-fat milk, and, you know, that gives me a – ton of energy you know i get more energy from food uh but like i said everybody's different you know for some you could have a, a cup of black coffee you know you could have a, a cup of green tea you know what, whatever works for you everybody's a little different um for me it's it's food like i need just a a little small portion of something in my tummy that's you know chewable that uh i, I like and it's a well-balanced high energy food like that and um that that's what gives me my energy and then you got to get going and just you know start start moving and doing what you need to do um but remember it goes like i said also back to portion control if you're eating to where you're full you're going to be tired you know and it's it's not working it's stretching your stomach out so the portion size is also a huge energy thing because when you're not putting your uh digestive system into overdrive by overeating all the time and it can digest your foods quick because it's healthy and energetic that you know, the the energy that you're talking about, it comes from your brain mainly. And if you're feeding your body the proper fuel, your brain is right. going to have energy all day long. Like you're you're going to be jumping out your skin. That's why I said like it goes both ways from food and exercise. When you eat healthy, you want to exercise. And when you exercise, you typically want to eat healthy because you don't want to sabotage your exercise. So it goes back and forth, you know. And there's also, you know, ways like supplements, you know, protein shakes, protein bars, um, vitamins, you know, stuff like that, stuff that you might be lacking in your overall diet uh, that you can't get, you know, depending on where you live and, you know, what you have access to and so on and so forth. But, you know, those are all important factors to to give you energy, you know, and and obviously water intake is the number one thing. You know, you got to be drinking 
a lot of water. If you're drinking a lot of water, uh, it's going to be hard to be tired because in the beginning you're going to be running to go pee all the time anyways. <laughs> That's true. Thank you, thank you for that. And then your protein powder, was the next question I was going to ask because um, uh, people are listening to your shows, and I've gotten a couple questions. I said, okay, because one day I, you and I talked about legislative people calling in and ask, asking questions. And, of course, I know you're going to do a, be a speaker in, in Mind, Body, Spirit when I get that arranged, hopefully, in the next uh, four or five weeks. But one of the questions that that uh, that I have, in, not from me, but from someone else, protein powder, you know, you, you don't have to drink a shake. You can put it in. Uh, or or cereal, right? I mean, that way you're getting because I'm a big big workout person, runner, and that kind of thing, and I need the the calories, right, for you know to burn up, but healthy calories like you're talking about. Is that okay? Do you, do you do that? Like put protein in your in your oatmeal or in your shake or in your cereal? Is that a good way to? I do mean, it? personally, I don't. It depends on um, what you call it, like. Uh, it kind of just depends on the balance of your food, one. Like, it, you know, if you're eating it for energy, let's say it's a pre-workout, you really don't want more than probably 15 grams of protein. You want to be sticking somewhere around 10 grams of protein roughly. Okay. Too much protein, it'll slow your metabolism down and make you feel full and lethargic and so on and so forth. And it's uh, it's not going to be helpful for you, so you need to actually decrease that. Um, so it, it okay. just depends. Like you have to have, you know, protein in your food, but if you have too much, you're definitely not going to like it. Like it's going to make you lethargic and tired, and it's probably going to give you a little bit of a discomfort in your stomach and everything else. So around 10 to 15 grams on average, if it's post-workout or a meal replacement, then that's different. You can have a little more than 20 grams, depending on if it's a post-workout and you did a lot of weight training and you're going to need it. Um, if you had more of a cardiovascular workout, 20 grams, uh, to 25 is probably about right. Uh, depending right. on the, the, the person's body in a sense, like if it's a really, uh, you know, big person, you know, you're like six, four and, you know, so, so forth, uh, you might need a little bit more, but that's, that's where that food journal comes in handy because you can check back and look at your journal and say, man, that made me really tired. And then you start looking at, well, what, what was it that made me tired? Like, is it, I ate too much, was it I had too much protein? Because realistically, you're not going to get tired from eating too much carbs if okay. your calories are still right. But you will get tired from eating too much protein or fat in your diet because um, it, it just slows your metabolism down. Your body can process carbs really fast, but it can't process protein and fat really fast. That's an interesting. Thank you for sharing that with us. That's, that's, some, that's a great fact there. I appreciate that. I know we're out of time, so uh, we'll see you next Wednesday, uh, 3 p.m. And I know you've got a great show. Uh, this is a great show. Thank you so much, Frank. It was I like it when I can learn and apply it for myself, and I know everyone else does too as well. And thank you for answering those questions. And uh, so we'll see you next week, Wednesday. So I'm going to say goodbye. You want to say goodbye to everybody, and we're, we'll, we'll be done. And enjoy your day. Uh, Frank, I know you got a little goodbye, new puppy. Goodbye, everybody. Have a have a great day, and I look forward to talking to you again in another week. So, you know, take care. Let's set those goals, and let's, uh, you know, not wait till tomorrow. All right, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Bye.